Hello, 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 beloveds. How are you? Let's see, I'm recording this on the morning of May 10th, Pacific time, and I wanted to share a few things. I wanted to first, just from a human time perspective, share that May has increasing intensity as it goes, which I think we've talked about before, but I just want to kind of confirm for you that that's what's going on. And um, also that right now we're in this kind of interesting, we completed some things and we're waiting for some new things to start. And so there's a little bit of kind of in-between feeling that you may be having, or you may be sort of sort of like waiting for the next series of awarenesses about your own plans or your own life design to fall in now this may not be true for everyone there may be other aspects of kind of in-betweenness or like waiting for the planes to land a little bit um uh, but i i feel it's primarily a very interior thing right as opposed to like oh i'm waiting for you know some physical thing to occur it's a very kind of interior like okay I've, the new time sphere has opened and I've been doing the deconstruction and the clearing to step into the bonus round timeline that this new time sphere energy architecture is supporting uh, and is allowing and I've kind of stepped in and there's a sort of emptiness in the new time sphere because that's its design in fact is to be unwritten um, as opposed to our previous experiences which are very much of sort of like hopping timelines and kind of jumping up to higher and higher timelines as we go um, and seeing other timelines kind of moving out ahead of us whether they're lower or higher or whatever we want to call them but those timelines they've all kind of existed and that's not the the case in the new time sphere it is like literally this beautiful empty sphere in which we can create whatever timelines we want and the bonus round timeline that I've spoken about previously is the one that I'm really focused on for myself and hopefully for you as well which is really this coming into just this pure kind of a delight joy unencumbered by the old pieces and the old rules and the old ways uh, of experiencing so that in-betweenness combined with the intensity of the energies which are just ramping up ramping up ramping up all the time right now may create a kind of a problem if you will for your mind for your brain that will be searching around to be like wait 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 let me like fill in what the next thing is let me understand what the next thing is let me let me control it and and we are very much in this collapse of understanding as my friend uh barrett uh, uh coined it to me um a couple weeks ago which reminds me oh my gosh we did this like hour plus long discussion that was a transmission talk for you guys and i forgot to, to upload it <laughs> that is so perfect for these current energies that's hilarious he's gonna laugh at me okay i will get that up later and, and share it with you because it's just super powerful fun stuff and i encourage you to to check that out when it comes but this collapse of understanding um as he has has termed it i think is a very uh, apropos to the things we've been talking about in here related to um as we move into more and more dimensional perspectives more and more dimensions being available to us uh increasing our ability to simultaneously view 
the landscape from the multiple floors of that building that I use always as that metaphor for the different dimensional perspectives that are available, then kind of understanding becomes more in the moment. And so I've talked about how um, memory, your experience of memory may be radically shifted or shifting where it's sort of just sort of like things that happened a little while ago feel like they happened ages and ages and ages ago or you can't remember them at all. And this is really, again, this like coming into the nowness, which is really where all the different dimensional perspectives are available. And also the gap, if you will, between how uh, matter is organizing around energy is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that gap shortens as a function of your own uh, 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 your own access to dimensionality, your own capacity to kind of be in the nowness of everything happening all at once, right? It is really very much that everything everywhere all at once, right? Like that movie title was so genius. As soon as that came out, I was like, I don't even know what that movie's about, but I'm going to see it just for the title. <laughs> um, because it, that's actually what's true, right? And then we get into the, the quantum uh, side of things and really understand how that's actually really true. And, and I want to bring in the quantum a little bit around this idea of the collapse of understanding because what's happening is like in the moment you have an understanding, oh, and then a moment later or, you know, a day or whatever, but a little bit later, that understanding is kind of gone. And what I want you to be aware of is that your own mm, cognition observation, mental human brain level awareness of the energies coming into you is a kind of a collapsing of that infinite quantum wave into particle, into defined, right? It's the observation that makes the thing a thing in the quantum I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Most of you will know what I'm talking about, and you'll be able to kind of pick that up. So, um, okay, uh, a few other quick things I want to talk about. Um, I want to recommend that anybody who likes to science geek out um, and see the way the edges of human science are starting to open more and more into what we already esoterically and intuitively um, understand and have understood, you know, for all time, um, I find that frontier edge of that, that blend of science and, and spirit, that blend of the science and the esoteric to be personally extremely delightful. Um, so if you also find that to be delightful and you can tolerate a lot of like sciencey talk, then I want to recommend a <laughs> six hour two part podcast. Um, uh, I think I, I don't have the name in front of me. Tetragrammaton, I believe is what it's called. It's Rick Rubin's brand new podcast. Um, and he has a two-parter with um, Jack Cruz and Andrew Huberman. And um, most of it I found to be just very, like, affirming of everything esoterically that I've been speaking about for ages related to hum homo lumens and the evolution um, of humanity through the increase in our capacity for human photosynthesis and our capacity for human bioluminescence. Um, and they're essentially kind of digging down into the biological Biological and quantum biological uh, functions or mechanisms that are creating that 
human photosynthesis and human bioluminescence um, to be able to exist in the first place, which it does exist in all of us already as homo sapiens, but then also kind of the clues are in there around some of those biological processes and quantum biological processes needed for, um, you know, leaping up. And really the sort of the TLDR is essentially sunlight, 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 particularly sunset, sunrise, uh, sunrise, sunset, excuse me. Um, and, uh, kind of getting your body used to being able to be in more sun. And I know many of you are going to say, I have significant sun sensitivities. Do, do not damage yourself. This is not about pushing yourself, okay? Just that early sun and that late sun, that's great. That's plenty, okay? Just get it on your skin. And then over time, you may find getting more and more of it into your skin, more and more of it into your skin. And um, and and also with your eyes as well. Very important in your eyes. I don't have contacts, but I know many of you do. You should be aware that there's a very specific discussion in this about contacts actually interfering with really vital solar rays that need to get into your brain, that need to come in through the eyes. So you may want to think about adding into your mix of eyewear glasses as well as contacts so that when you're outside, you can take the glasses off and just have that sunlight, you know, wherever you're at. I'm not talking about sun gazing directly per se. That's something that people should only do if they feel very guided to. And of course, the medical story would be that this is damaging to your eyes. So don't do it if you feel concerned about that. But generally speaking, in some of the scientific, human scientific literature, if you're able to sun sunrise, early morning sun um, and, and late afternoon, like going into sunset sun, uh, roughly about a 15 degree angle offset from the gazing at the sun is really ideal in terms of getting those those solar um, energies into the brain, remembering, of course, that the eyes are actually the brain outside of the skull. The other really big fun piece of this, there's so many pieces in it that were really fun, but one that I was not aware of that was really like, aha, it felt like a little missing piece to the puzzle for me. Um, you know, he's talking about how we create essentially light inside ourselves, which is like, duh, of course, we all know that. But, you know, that wasn't something that, that Huberman was aware of in the conversation. And so as they were breaking down that process that was really interesting and fun to be able to observe but specifically he was uh, addressing the fact that the mitochondrial uh, mechanism that does this is radically enhanced and sped up by cold immersion cold exposure so for all of you who've been following me for several years you know i've become absolutely uh, obsessed with the guidance to get into cold water almost daily for several years. And there's a number of widespread kind of research studies around why this can be beneficial to biological functions. And that's been, you know, interesting to me, but I've been very esoterically driven on this and not fully understood it. And this created the connection because I knew it was a mitochondrial consciousness related directive, but now I understood that it was specifically because that is essentially fuel to that inner bioluminescence expansion which is needed for our expansion in our resonance in our capacity to kind of expand and speed up our frequency right remember frequency and resonance so frequency is your in the moment 
the radio station you're dialed into energetically. What is your frequency? That's your vibration also, same thing. Frequency and vibration, same thing. And it's sort of like in the moment, your thought, your emotion, your frequency. Boom. What is it right now? It's this. Okay, what is it now? It's over here. Now it's down here. Now it's up there, right? Your resonance is, sense, is the moving average of the most recent kind of data points of frequency. And I don't tell you when I, when I teach about this, I don't tell you the moving average over X number of hours, days, weeks, months, because it's different for each person based on where you are in your process. And then matter organizes around your resonance. And this is a safety that's built in because some of us like, you know, I mean, I can remember when things internally for me were kind of a shit show and it was like all over the place. I would not want to be creating in the moment on the fly without a gap. You know, that buffer is really important, right? That moving average functionality of density based existence is very, very useful, Right. So when we get impatient, we have to remember that. Right. Like, okay, this is just helping me. So then we get better and better and better through particularly through working with the nervous system and the brain. Right. Working with the neurobiology, we get better and better and better at having a higher level of frequency more consistently. So both elevating, raising that frequency and being more consistent. And I would actually argue that consistency may even be more important than the kind of the elevation level because it actually can be a little challenging to manage if you're very spiky in your frequency. This is a phase that many of us go through and that we revisit as we go along where you kind of had these big spikes up and then you have to sort of deal with the kind of dip down as essentially, frankly, your neurobiology um, and maybe other aspects of your biology, but particularly your neurobiology is catching up and is expanding to be able to hold that higher frequency. That frequency is really about rate of speed of movement of that energy. So that energy is moving faster and faster and faster and faster. And the neurobiology, the nervous system has to be willing to tolerate that and has to be resourced by you to be able to do that. It doesn't just automatically do it. It needs you to support it. Right. And then the brain side of the neurobiology is about what are the new neural pathways that need to be kind of carved into place instead of the old ones, right? This can be identity work. This can be just simply kind of brags and gratitudes work. This can be, there's a million different ways to work on this, um, but it's, it's important. And the, the neural pathways that you have had in place for decades of your life, they don't just go away overnight. And you have to be a little bit vigilant with them um, for a pretty long period of time before it becomes sort of default to be in the new place. And even then, you still have to be a little bit aware, if you will. Um, yeah. So that was super fun, and I think that's kind of the TLDR on that. There may be a little bit more on that that I share later, but from, from for those of you who've been following what I've been sharing through these transmissions for a while, you already have all the good, all the good info. Um, but if you like that intersection, like I said, you might find it really fun. Cruz is a little painful to listen to. He's a super brilliant man, and he's been vilified in the medical community for a long time, even though much of his work is beautiful um, and useful to so many people. 
Um, and so he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder about that. So he's got that kind of, and he's a neurosurgeon. So I was raised by a neurosurgeon, so I feel like I can very closely tell you that neurosurgeons are big, big personalities, and they have to be. You're going to cut into somebody's brain. Like, you better well be feeling like a confident badass, right? But that can sometimes be a little painful to be in the room with for a long time. And when you couple that with the chip on his shoulder about, like, hey, nobody's been listening to me for ages, there can be a little bit of a like, Ugh, okay, like let's roll back that insecurity just a little bit. Like just, it's okay, you're fine, everything's good. Like we're seeing you, it's all right. <laughs> but if you can just, it's actually a great exercise in neutrality or it was for me because every now and then he would kind of get on my nerves and I was like, okay, can I come into neutrality about this person? I'm popping into a little bit of a one-up position. Let me come back into neutrality. And I found that to be really very useful. So there's that. Now, other things. So two other things. I want to talk about kind of gold and currencies. And, um, and I also want to talk about when people have the experience of feeling like in a past life, I was fill in the blank famous figure, particularly famous figure from various spiritual traditions. It doesn't matter who. Okay. Um, yeah. And spiritual traditions, I'm not just talking about religious traditions here. Let's, like, be aware of, like, mythical spiritual traditions that aren't necessarily religious in nature per se. And that's, you know, philosophical, you know, semantics game. But I just want you to be really expanded. I'm not just talking about Jesus Christ, Mary Magdalene, uh, uh, Mary, uh, Mother Mary. I'm not just talking about, you know, Christian or uh, Jewish or, you know, there's also like you can think about other religious figures in you know Hinduism, in Buddhism, right? Buddha, um, also ascended teachers. Sometimes people call these ascended masters. I just think of them as teachers. Um, I find that to be more useful um, and uh, not mm, evoking the old hierarchical paradigms. Um, Joan of Arc, like Isis, uh, you know, Cleopatra, you know, various oracular figures, you know, from various different, they're big figures. So I'm going to go there first, I think, is what's going to happen. And then we'll come back to the gold and the currency stuff um, that's happening around the world. So the, what I want you to be aware of is that for 99.999% of the people on the planet who believe that they were, that they are a reincarnation of fill in the blank, big spiritual figure. They were not. They are not. And here's why that's actually a good thing for them to come into. Okay? So, certain souls come to this planet, have come to this planet in the past, are on this planet now, in order to create new what I call master frequency templates these master frequency templates and they're actually just as it's funny I say the word master and I'm like wait that's bringing the hierarchy and didn't you just say that Melanie I'm like oh I need to come up with a better phrase for that it doesn't matter but these kind of new I'm just I'm going to stick with the terminology for now the new master frequency templates that are created then get kind of they're created by that being and they get anchored in and then they're here and they're available whether that's for Earth being herself, for the sun, for the cosmos, for the solar system, it, it doesn't matter, but they're available. And in some cases, very much available for humans, for humanity. So, in fact, 
most of these well-known spiritual figures, fill in the blank, right, whoever you're talking about, they did this. And they seeded and anchored in these brand new energy templates that are available for anyone who wants to bring them in and add them in to the mix of how they are experiencing their soul here, their cosmic self here in this human form. So this is why this is really good news, because if you are locked into a narrative that says, oh, I was Mary Magdalene, I was Jesus Christ. And I'm bringing this up because for some reason, these two beings in particular are coming up all the time recently in people's communications with me. And I just want you to be aware, um, you know, but it could be anything. I was these, I was this person, you know. Oh, you weren't this person. You can be all of them. Bring all of them in. You're not limited to being what they were. And what you're here to be. And therefore, the energy codes and templates that you came here to create have never been created before, have never existed before, and they cannot come into being unless you step up and into them. So if you stay locked in a storyline that is, oh, I was so-and-so, and now I'm here again, that's it. That's the end of the story. You've essentially cut yourself off from a variety of different truths about yourself and the opportunity to be in the fresh, new, embodied, creational existence that you came here to have. Now, I'm not saying to not enjoy when you have these visceral, inner, esoteric kind of wow of like, I'm in the memory. Like, I have I've had many of those, too many of them to name here, where I'm like, wow, for like a week or a day or a month or whatever, where I'm like, I completely know that story, that experience. Perfect. Bring it in. Add it in to kind of your palettes energetically, internally. Seek out the stories of others that are big stories and feel into where is there uh, a, an energy template that's available for me. Great. Let me bring it in. I'm going to be Arthur, right? I'm going to be Merlin. I'm going to be the Lady of the Lake. I'm going to be Buddha. I'm going to be Kuan Yin. I'm going to be Isis. I'm going to be, I'm going to be Newt. I'm going to be, it doesn't matter. Thoth, Thoth, however people say his name. It doesn't matter, Right. Pick what you want and then see if you can feel into it. That's an option too. Or you can just let them spontaneously come in. But all of this can only be useful to you if you do it in service of finding within yourself the pure jewel that is uniquely you, that is nothing and nobody else at no previous time, so that you can be that and be in that and the beingness of that and creating from that place. So you don't need to go have any of these other like immersive, visceral embodied experiences of these other lives. If they come to you, then there may be a really strong reason why they're coming to you. You can come into a relationship with that. That can be a really beautiful line of inquiry as well with your cosmic self and, you know, whatever sort of cosmic teams that you're working with around like, oh, that's so fun. Why is that coming in now, right? Try coming into communication with that being 
And you may find that the communication experience that you have is actually even more powerful and more fun in an ongoing way. And your ability to essentially telepathically understand their experience when they were here in that human form that has given them the name that we use at this time for describing that being, whatever, whoever it is that that's actually what's going on because more and more of your sort of paranormal or, or, or ultra sensory experiences and capacities are coming online. All right. So all the templates are available to anyone who can essentially align with them and kind of dock in and click into them, bring them in, use them. It's adding more colors to your palette. That's all it is. And they can be really powerful colors. Like, oh, my God, this whole time I've been painting without blue. Holy mackerel. Here came this so-and-so experience of, like, I remember being so-and-so. That's the color blue. Now it's in my palette, and I've got 18 different shades. Holy cow, what am I going to paint next? Right? Okay. On to gold. So I want to talk about currencies, human currencies, economic, financial currencies in the human world and society at this time. There's often a conversation that's been um, had different permutations around, oh, the U.S. dollar and other currencies are, are fiat currencies that aren't tied to anything. We need to tie them to gold, right, or something like that because it's not real. We need to tie them to gold because gold is real. Let's talk about gold for a minute. So the, the current societal understanding and paradigm of gold as a kind of a currency or as money is completely debasing what gold is. And it's essentially like a deeply degraded, like tiny little fractal of golden energies that are source energies that kind of flow through everything. And these beautiful, high, pristine golden energies, same is true with the silver energies, same is true with those pure, whiter-than-white light energies, which I think of as kind of the diamond uh, energies, right? And so we have silver, we have diamond, we have gold, we have other things, right, that these energies have come into Earth, the being, and she has brought them into form, and then we have degraded them entirely and turned them into like, this is currency. This is the good stuff. We got to get more of it. And it's a zero sum game and blah, 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 blah. So the whole currency conversation around, oh, we have to change the way our currencies are in order to have them tied to these physical items that we rape the earth to, to access and damage many humans in the process as well as the rest of the kind of natural world where they are. No, that's not where we should go. We should be going to where we will go, whether people want to go there or not. It doesn't matter. Where we are going is that your resonance and your integrity is your currency. And some of you are like, yeah, I can't pay the light bill with that. I'm like, "Mm, actually, you kind of can. When you're relationship with money energies and your relationship with energy into matter is such that you actually can create income for yourself from that place, then in fact, you are paying the light bills from resonance, from integrity. Now, that's not to diss anybody who's not doing that. We're, we've just barely, barely begun. We're like at, you know, 
1%, maybe 0.001% of humans shifting into this way of existing outside of it just being purely miraculous. We're going to a place where it's the norm, but we're in a journey on the way. Um, that doesn't mean that you personally can't radically accelerate to the place where, in fact, that is how you're living. I know that because that is now how I'm living. And I didn't used to live that way, and it was really frustrating, and I fucking hated it. So I get it. I really get it. I know what it's like. And I do know what it's like. People sometimes are like, oh, you live in that beautiful house on the lake, and la, 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 la. And I'm like, hey, I can remember multiple times earlier in my life as a single mother raising a child how many times was I like, I don't have any money to pay the bills. The bank account is in the negative amount. What, what am I going to do? I know that experience very viscerally in this lifetime, not just in others. So I just, I think it's important to say. Okay, so what's really going on is that it's this degradation and kind of these artifacts showing up of this degradation of our understanding, like the tiniest little bit of a glimmer has come through and it's been sort of perverted into something else. And the story doesn't have to be it was perverted on purpose. It can just be a function of greater and greater density over time, greater and greater density over time in society, right? Yes, there have been interference energies in society accelerating this, but this would have happened anyway. It was part of Earth's journey, and we're here on Earth. So guess what? We get to go along for that ride. We're not in charge of that ride. Earth is in charge of her own ride, just like you're in charge of your own ride. You say, but, oh, wait, how can I be in charge of my own ride if I'm on Earth and she's in charge of her ride? Well, you know, Earth's in charge of her ride, but she's also doing that in a solar system that is its own being. She's doing that in a galaxy that is its own being. That galaxy is doing that in a super galaxy, galactic cluster, galactic structure that is its own being that's in this universe that is its own being that's in this cosmos that is its own being that's how this cosmos is organized differentiated communion okay the other thing about gold like you see this with things like the mythologies around dragons for example where dragons are vilified in most mythological stories or even popular kind of folk t telling stories or current fantasy stories dragons are always vilified they're evil they um and they hoard the gold the dragons are the wisdom keepers and there are many 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 different kinds of dragons but they are the wisdom keepers and the gold is the drag is the wisdom excuse me and so this is this picture you know uh unfortunately of like you know smog the dragon from the hobbit you know greedily sitting on top of the pile of gold under the mountain that that's just a complete like oops inverted got it wrong tolkien like i love tolkien there's so much that he brought through that was right but a lot of it is also wrong he like it's it's the it's Actually, the dragons are protecting the wisdom and holding and keeping the wisdom, the gold, for the time when the treasure, for the time when it's ready to be essentially used, ready to be loved, ready to be enjoyed. And until we can really switch into regenerative society instead of extractive society, you know, that's not really been able to happen. Okay. All right. So I have to, I have to go. 
I can feel there's like time pressures going on, but I really needed to record on this for you. Um, and, uh, and also I just want to say, speaking of stories, um, I did recently actually finally finish the fantasy novel, A Cosmic Fairy Tale that I had been writing, uh, that was given to me to write for, uh, approximately four years ago, a little more than four years ago. It was finally done. And I want you to understand this creation is actually like an arch, an artifact of many of the new energy templates, master frequency templates that I have created for Earth and some for humanity and anchored them in in various different ways. And some of the ways in which I've anchored them in has been through the writing of this of this first story in the world of the seven stars stories that many of which will be coming out in the future. And I feel those will be much easier uh, actually to, 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 to just sort of plop out because they're just sort of all there. But that book is now available. You can get it for free as a digital download, as an advanced review copy in ARC. And, um, and I hope that you will do so because it would be really meaningful to me to have you engage with the story and then let me know how you experience it. And also, if you know of kind of notable public figures who might enjoy an incredibly joyful, heart-opening, star map activating, incredible, beautiful story um, that's super fun, super suspenseful, not at all nerve system damaging in any way, shape, or form, please also like get them a copy or let me know if you want a printed copy for um, you know someone special. I'm happy to, to, to figure out, uh, to handle and shoulder the costs on that because I'm going to be putting things together now to create the marketing plan for actually launching this as a proper, uh, as a proper book in the world. And I've also been working on the screen treatment for it to go to screen. And I just last night got an email from somebody on the list of the early readers saying like, okay, I've, I've only, you know, I just, I raced through the first half in like an entire day. I couldn't put it down is incredibly suspenseful. This is also a blockbuster movie, by the way. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so fun. I love it. So it's super nourishing when I can receive that. And if you have constructive criticism, I'm also, very open to that as well and I have a particular form that I have put the link to at the end of the digital book for people to give like formal feedback as they see fit and I'm going to be creating reader discussion groups both with kids because I really want to talk now that the book is finished I feel it's fair to offer it to kids when it was in when it was only half done before and I was offering samples to people I didn't want to do that to kids because that's just mean I mean yes it's mean to adults too but you know we can handle it um, so if you know kids who love fantasy stories, who love stories about magic, um, you know, probably eight and up, right, I think is probably the reading level, but it depends on your kid. Um, uh, I would love for you to give it to them, and, uh, and I'm putting together a reader group of kids and also a reader group uh, for discussion with me about their experience um, of adults as well. So, yay, that's at MelanieGillespie.com. Uh, and you can see right there on the menu, Elentari is the name of the book. Elentari, a cosmic fairy tale. <laughs> Yay! More creating coming into form. Yippee! It's so fun. All right. I love you. Mwah.